Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, outreach of Greater Worship Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enos, along with Chippy the Chipmunk. Oh, my adoring fans. Get ready for a huge dose of reality and a huge dose of common sense. You said it, brother. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Uh, today, I have a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal guest. His name is uh, Rion Delanga from, uh, from uh, you know, I think I just butchered your last name. I've known you all these years, and I think I butchered your name, didn't I? That sounded exactly how it should be. Delanga is perfect. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you know what? I, I'm saying it like an American, I know. and it didn't quite sound like... That's not how he says it. <laughs> I, I get the same thing in Mexico. Sure. <laughs> but Rion is all the way from South Africa. Um, now, now his official office and, if you will, title, I'm not big on titles, but his official title, his official office is that of an apostle. However, he is extremely prophetic. So uh, there's times that people will say, oh, Prophet Rion, and then other times people will say, Apostle Rion, and then other times people will say, Pastor Rion. Well, he's all of those things and more, but uh, at least in my life, and the most important, he's my dear friend, good friend, great friend. We've traveled the world together and done many things, which I'm going to let him get into. I just want you guys to know that you have one of the greatest people on this planet, on this podcast, and Rion. <laughs> I ha- halfway through that I realized okay I can take that for myself but yeah, no no why no not, why not why not have, it, have a go <laughs> with all seriousness yeah. seriousness ladies and gentlemen he is one of those uh, he's just a profound prophetic apostolic voice in the world and for those of you who are maybe not uh, uh, churched in that regard and maybe don't understand um, what I mean by that is there's just such a unique authority that he carries from God that uh, when he says something power is released to bring powerful change to people's lives so anyways I went on enough Rian why don't you uh, reintroduce yourself to everybody tell everybody a little bit about yourself beyond what I just did (laughs) hey thank you brother yeah thank you so much for having me on your show it's uh, interesting I've been following you from you know, from the way south, you know, you have areas that call themselves the south, but I mean, we're from south, south, like the other side of the equator, south, South Africa. And it's good to be here. It's, it's good to be part of, of what God is doing stateside. And it's, it's wonderful to partake of kind of like the, the, the ministry and the knowledge that you guys are doing. And for, for us, you know, uh, podcasts, is, it's newish, it's big, but we, we never lean into that. So, yeah. So, let me introduce myself again. Yeah, I'm, I'm your brother, Rian, from, from Africa. And I'm born and bred there. I'm like a fifth or sixth generation African. And, again, you know, coming to the States, at first it was strange. Like, who is this white dude that says he's from Africa? <laughs> and it's always funny, you know, because that just opens up this whole topic of racism and all those things. And we, there's so many things we can speak about. But, yeah. I pastor a church out in a town called Kronstadt, which translations mean crown city. We're in the area that is called the free state. And we always say we are people of faith because it is such an agricultural area. There's literally no more mountains. So we say we are the people of faith. We have removed all those mountains. It's just every (laughs) valley is made level, mountains made low. And it's good to go. So, yeah, thank you for having me, sir. You know, it's funny you say that, but that's very, very profound and prophetic. 
Mm -hmm. uh, the Word of God speaks about that, and I never really even connected those two, but that is profound. Mm -hmm. um, oh, you know, I do want to give a quick shout out to, to Peter there in Kronstadt Absolutely. with you guys at Bolsk, Bolskopi. Bolsk, mm -hmm. I'm still trying to learn how they mm -hmm. pronounce their South African words, ladies and gentlemen. To That's me, okay. it's Bolskopi. Yeah, Bolskopi is fine. <laughs> okay. It works. <laughs> See, he's much more gracious than the, uh, the Hispanic Latino community around Ooh. me because they're always correcting me. Like when I say tortilla, <laughs> no, that's not a tortilla. Yeah, it's a tortilla. No, it's a tortilla. I mean, it's like, mm -hmm. give me a break, guys. My tongue doesn't work that way. So you just said something. You made mention about uh, racism. Sure. And I know we were talking about that a little bit uh, earlier. I believe it was today. Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, he's been with us for a few days, and we've been having a lot of – the moment he stepped into the house Monday – Oh, at about 11, 11.30, somewhere around there. Yeah, around about midnight. Yeah, we were, we just, we, we plan on just basically saying, hello, good to see you, welcome back, go get some rest. But we got engrossed in a, in a deep, deeper conversations than those normal hellos, so we've been just really talking about a lot of things. Today we are talking about, was it, yeah, oh, yesterday as well. I guess sure. it will, went in all the way in today about um, some of this racism stuff that's been running around, especially in the church. Yep. And the uh, nonsense that it creates. Exactly. And, and, and everything. And how what one group of people calls racism, you know, pointing the finger at another group. Sure. It's often the reverse. The yep. ones pointing the finger are often the racists, and the other guys are just like, what, what did I do? You know? Exactly. Anyways, um, so if I can lean in a little bit there and, you know, South Africa was kind of like made world famous for the apartheid regime. And, and the, the word apartheid is an Afrikaans word and they, they never translated into what the English word, but the English word means segregation. So, and they said, oh, it's a hatred to keep people apart. That is not what it means. And they just ran with it. And. And kind of like, because there was this victim mentality, nobody could correct it. So it's segregation. And in the weight of the scale, I mean, we hit the news. But there's other parts of the world that had far worse segregation. Uh, even in our local tribes. I mean, the, the beauty of South Africa is we are, we call it a rainbow nation. But we are such a diverse culture. We've got a bit of everything. We've got... It's like America. It's like like the, like your big cities. We've got right. everything. We've got mm -hmm. uh, except for Mexicans, though. But I mean, we've got <laughs> we've got Indians. We've got Chinese. We've got Russian. We've got uh, people from Spain. The Spanish people. Um, so it's a boiling pot of so many cultures. And then obviously we have official uh, eleven official languages, wow. of which uh, English is predominantly then the business language, and um, and myself being an Afrikaner, which is kind of like your farming style, mm -hmm. and I mean I speak two and a half languages, and the other half is obviously the the first thing they <laughs> teach is how to cuss and how to swear somebody's yeah. mom, and so it's, <laughs> I know enough to get you in trouble and enough to get you out of trouble. Yeah. But as far as racism. To give you a little bit of background, the church that, that we've planted, the apostolic work we're doing, is a multicultural church. So right. I literally have uh, black people, I've got Indian people, and we've got mixed race, and they themselves call them colored people. So yeah. it is not something that we've placed upon them, it's something right. that they've owned themselves. So right. we've got colored people, we've got uh, Caucasian white people, right. and the, 
the battle is kind of like the same as within in the states on paper they always want you to kind of like put yourself into a category right why can we not just be i'm african yeah. why can we not just be i'm american right why should they be the classification of all the different races right I, Ladies and gentlemen, this is interesting that he brought that up because uh, we didn't actually even talk about that aspect no. of it. But I remember the first, well, every time I go to South Africa, but the very first time it really hit home, there was a whole class of, of group of people that they themselves call themselves colored. And if I understand sure. that, they're more the, the mixed races, like maybe they're a white a dad or a, and a black mom or yep. something like that. And I had a hard time with that only because here in, in America, uh, the... Um, our, our, our black population, our black uh, folks here, you know, of course, way back when, they were always called derogatory mm -hmm. terms, sure. you know, which I won't use on the, on, the, on the air. And that they were always understood as, um, and ladies and gentlemen, pardon me for this. I don't normally talk this way just because I, I don't like to be derogatory, but uh, not that this is necessarily a derogatory term, but with many people can be sensitive. They went from the what we call the N word, you know, sure. typically. Then it, it, it shifted to uh, Negro, which only means black. Sure. But it had that negative com connotation because it was so associated with the what we call the N word. Sure. And then it went, I believe, to coloreds, mm -hmm. and then black, and then African American. Mm -hmm. I personally stayed with the with the you know to just to describe somebody oh that black guy over there or my black friend or whatever black because I don't like the uh, the, the term African American sure. when um, well they're not African sure uh, they might share the same skin color but if they were Definitely. born here they're Americans exactly you know so anyways uh, so when I was there and and the term colored had become a more derogatory type of term you know uh, maybe not in and of itself but sure. the way it was received so we just didn't use it mm -hmm. so when I went there it's something official yeah it's an official thing it's an official and it's not offensive demarcation yeah it's, yeah. it's non offend non actually non-offensive it's, right. it's it's they they take pride in it because the and and we need to distinguish between uh, racism and culture yeah because again I've got a mixed race church and if we have like functions and we have like a massive barbecue, you know, people mingle amongst themselves, right. but culture tends to sit with culture. Yeah. And from the outside, people will judge you and say, oh, you're racist. Right. Uh, racism and culture has got nothing to do with one another. The fact that, that if you look at your biggest cities um, and, and we just look at like LA area, I mean, I've, I've been here a couple of times, like there's an area called Orange County. Mm-hmm. Most of the Vietnamese people are, are grouping themselves there. Right. And it's not that they are racist per se. I mean, I've, I've known lovely brothers and sisters there that, that always embrace me with open arms. Yeah. But it's just a cultural thing. So we have to move away from the, the groupings to the moment that there is some form of group that you're going to say, now that is racist. Right. Uh, no, it's not. It's, it's just culturally. I mean, every culture has got, got a value. And there's one scripture that Paul actually speaks about, and he says that within each language, there is a great value. Right. And, and that just sparked me to, to look at different viewpoints of different cultures, yeah. that some of these cultures just happen to have skin color. I mean, if you look at the modern day, call it then white man, you have like with us in Africa, 
and and I have mm -hmm. a very unique accent, but I'm white. You've got guys in 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 England, they they white, but they've got a unique accent. You go to Australia, they've got a unique unique accent. New Zealand and America, and even right. in parts of America, the different areas have got unique accents. So, yeah. so that doesn't mean that we're racist. Um, I've seen that within the tribes that the one tribe consider the other tribe more more superior. Like we have a a, a Zulu tribe mm -hmm. that are a phenomenal great tribe. They they are uh, exceptionally strong built. Uh, and they very much a leadership type of tribe, yeah. and they lord themselves as the superior tribe in our nation. Right. It is of such a nature. If if a Zulu person is a greeter at the door, and that is his job, and he opens the door for you, he demands you to greet him first because he's Zulu. Right. Um, and and I'm not opposed to that. It's just it's the wrong place to apply your your tribal yeah. ethnicity. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that that in itself makes you racist yeah. because now I'm of a superior class and you have to bow down to it. So it's got nothing to do with skin color. Uh, right. It's got to do with attitude. And coming back to the word apartheid, um, if there is a specific hate, then I think we need to look at right. the term racism. Yeah. And it's interesting you brought that up about uh, the uh, the Zulu tribe specifically. But sure. I remember the first time, this is long before we, we, we had met. Yeah. I've been to South Africa several times. And um, when we first started working there, and I say we, some people that I had uh, been a work that I've been a part of, we started working with different pastors. Sure. Now, now, coming from America, coming, I'm a white guy, coming from America, I see these black pastors, I don't think of racism or those isms sure, because they all are, are, are black. They all are in the same country. They're all it, really even in the same area within mm -hmm. maybe an hour's drive of each other. But we had the hardest time getting them to work together because they're of different tribes. Sure. And, and, and so when people start talking about racism, especially here in America, and they start pointing the fingers at other people, other groups that don't quite look like them, and, the, oh, you're racist, that's racist. You can't say that, that's racist. You can't go here, that's racist. You can't eat that. You can't even wear that clothes sure. because that's, what do they call it, racial appropriation. And, wow. and it's like, that's ridiculous. Because here we are in, in South Africa, and I know this happens everywhere. It's yep. not just South Africa. It's not just America. It's just everywhere. Everywhere mm -hmm. I've traveled in the world, has sure. these same types of problems. This one pastor didn't want to work with the other pastor because one of them was Zulu and another one was, uh, I believe, Sutu? Sutu, Sutu yeah. yeah. And they just didn't want to work together. Yeah. And we had to literally pull these different pastors into the room yeah. and, and basically say, listen, if you're going to work with us, mm -hmm. you've got to work together. Yeah. And, um, and again, it wasn't a racial thing because they were of the same race. Sure. It was a cultural thing based upon what tribe they were from exactly and even that was strange because much of the culture not all but much of the culture even within those tribes were so alike that if me i never would have known this you would not know the difference yeah. if you're an outsider right yeah and and, and i did not until they started like no i'm not going to work with him i'll work with you but i won't work with him it's like what, what, what's going on here sure. we thought there was bad blood between them personally yeah and there wasn't it was tribal things that went back hundreds of years sure. and was still manifesting. And we're like, no, you got to get over this. You just got to get over this. Sure. You know, well, you don't understand what their tribe did to our tribe. Yeah, that was how, how long ago? 100 years ago? 200 years ago? Yeah. It's time to get over it so exactly. we can all move on 
forward. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, um, so speaking of getting over it, um, if, if you look at the kind of like feel the pulse on the street, uh, layman's term, and you meet people in business area, sec secular area, uh, whether you meet them at the airport or wherever you find them. Mm -hmm. Again, coming from kind of like a racist capital, oh, South Africa, the big racist. I, I don't find racism. I don't see racism. I don't feel racism. Right. Even in areas where uh, it was kind of like forced change in, in our nation, where now you have somebody of another other ethnic group that became a leader because simply he's of different color. Right. Um, in the beginning, you, you still have the old people that kind of like lean the old way. And it's kind of like that generation has to die out, I guess. Yeah. But the, 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 for the most, the new generation that we meet, I don't find not one person, uh, maybe one in a thousand, yeah. that are extremely racist. Yeah, that you would look at and say, okay, that really is a racist. That is a racist, yeah. yeah. Because we were told and warned even before we left, and this was years ago, that mm -hmm. hey, the apartheid, the racism, the division, the mm -hmm. hatred, the violence. Mm -hmm. So we went in kind of geared up for that. Exactly. And what I saw was the exact opposite. Exactly. We go into like an outdoor mall, and, and, and at least the, the malls, the outdoor malls, I should say, mm -hmm. well, even the indoor malls, there's sort of like a central meeting place, yeah. whether it be we call them food courts here, yeah. something of that nature. And we would see, you know, the, the black Africans, sure. the white Africans. Exactly. We would see even Muslims yeah. in, in their Islamic garb yep. um, over here. And people that, uh, uh, you know, in, even to the point like, like maybe Catholics, the, the nuns and yeah. the priests. And they were, I'm not saying like a big mixed group. Yeah. They were, you know, Islam, Islamists over here, and the and the and the and the Catholics over there, and this and that. But there was no arguing, there was no fighting, there was no fussing, there was no wars, there was no violence. They, when they had to interact, they were always cordial to one another, sure. things of that nature. They respected one another, and there was even one time I thought, okay, this is going to get hairy because there was even um, like an Orthodox uh, Jewish group exactly sitting literally within ten feet. There was about uh, eight of them exactly. look like a couple a few families and then there was eight to ten muslims exactly about 10 feet away from them sure. no fighting no arguing no fussing i'm not saying it never happens yeah but it, my point is it just was not happening on the level that the, it seemed like the world the media yeah wanted to portray sure like don't go there you'll get shot if you go into a certain area mm -hmm. now, there might be some places like that but yeah, I think you can find those places anywhere in, in the world. But Absolutely. Again, the narrative is, is pushed down upon us. If, if I look at, uh, like from a political point of view, it is just the top elite right. that are pushing this racism oh, narrative yeah. because they are the ones that benefit out of it, yep. kind of like divide and conquer. The more they <laughs> keep the people divided, the more they're conquering and, and they oppose on themselves the ability to stay in power. Right. Um, with us, we've got the same political party running the government for almost the past 30 years. Yeah. Now, to give you a little background, I was still in school, like high school, when Nelson Mandela got freed mm -hmm. and he became the president of South Africa. And, and it was a great time for the nation. And we were actually praying and fasting and we were really seeking the Lord that there would not be bloodshed in our nation because, right. believe it or not, the, the African... 
white African people are a very militant group. They, we, we, I mean, we were like, like Israel. You, you, you were conscripted when you finished high school. You had right. two years of compulsory military training, and you were sent to the border, and you protected the border. That mm. was normal. And so everybody knew that there is that warfaring spirit within our nation. And, 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 you know, I don't want to hype up one thing, but just to explain a little bit the, the tenacity, uh, there was the Angola War that some of you might know of, and at any given time, there was only 1,500 troops on the border. Hmm. And 1,500 troops would keep at least 15,000 Cuban troops at bay. Wow. So, so yeah. we had that, that Israeli blessing, if I can give it in those right. ways, of one to 10, no problem. We, we could keep them at bay. And, and coming into that changeover, there was this extreme fear that people, there's gonna be blood on the streets. And we were praying specifically against the term called blood river, mm -hmm. that there would be a river of blood. And so white people was praying for the salvation, I'm meaning if I say salvation, not going to heaven, but the saving of black people so that there would not be death in our nation. Wait, wait, wait. Say, say that again. Okay. Because I want, I want everybody to hear this and understand this because what we hear even taught in our schools, sure. especially from the media, sure. something of what you just said will never be mentioned. Yeah. So I was exactly 19 years old and we were praying and fasting as a church and as many churches. We had a 40-day fast period and we were praying and fasting for the changeover of government so that there would not be bloodshed, that the transition would go smoothly, and that, that the people would be saved, that there would not be a death in the street. So a bunch of white Afrikaans, yes. I guess primarily Afrikaans, yes. uh, Africans, sure. South Africans, exactly. praying yes. that there would be no bloodshed, but primarily for the black Africans. And that they would not die. Right. And I know mm. it sounds proudful, but I mean, it's like if you know what, you, what, what your warfaring nation can do, mm -hmm. uh, you have to pray for the safety of their people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and I know a lot of people were praying for themselves, oh, God, bless me, you know, keep me safe. Don't let them come and rape and, 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 and pillage everything. Right. That, that part is true also. But it was primarily, and, I, and remember now, we, we just came out of segregation, so there wasn't so many mixed churches. Right. So we as, as white churches... I mean, we're talking about a couple of hundred thousand people that went up to Parliament in the middle of winter, stood the whole day in front of the building and praying and sought God's favor that there would not be bloodshed in the streets. So, so see, see, ladies and gentlemen, this is why not just this podcast, but many podcasts or news outlets and such, such as this, are extremely important in our day and age because you're hearing world, real world truth from a man that lives in South Africa all your life, right? Sure. You're born there, born and raised there. So exactly. he knows this stuff from the inside out. He's lived it, he's watched it, and he's been watching it um, his entire life. Exactly. And yet, like, like us here, we only hear the narrative they, that somebody, whether it be the news outlets or some government official, wants us to hear. Yes. And um, what you're hearing is there isn't nearly as much division, huh. hatred, racism, death and murder uh, you know in uh, associated with that racism yeah. as we have been told or taught 
Sure. Now, let's talk about the racism that we can feel in the street. Mm -hmm. Uh, And how can I word it? Because of our, call it then, European background, and if you think of efficiency, you think of like Germany. You know, they're very efficient. And there is a big portion of German influence in in our lifestyle. So... As far as that, we like to be punctual. We like things on time. Right. And we want things to work and function. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, the, the, the African culture is not as punctual. And for them, you know, efficiency doesn't really apply. Right. And, and, and that is the only, the only thing that causes tension in our nation. We are not bothered if a white person is in control or even a black person is in control. Right. And if I can lean a little bit that way, and, and I want to bring in a, another guy that we spoke about, is my good brother, uh, Stembiso Sibusiso Jwili. Yeah. He's a, 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 a South African black man that I love very much. He's, he's like my brother. Yeah. I've known him for 20 plus years. I actually knew him when he was still in high school. Mm. I saw him get born again. I saw him go to college. I saw he got his diploma in, in engineering, and then he went on and he got his degree, and then he went on and he went on, and this yeah. guy's just studying and doing well, and he went in, started to work at a company called MediClinic, which is a hospital, a private-owned hospital, and he grew through the ranks, and he, and, and he be, was a technician, and then he became a manager, and then he became the technical manager of, of the hospital, and as we speak now, he is now regional manager of 11 wow. hospitals. Wow. So here is a black guy. Okay, let, let, me, let me stop you right there for just a sure. second. Because again, okay. I want to make a point to all of our listeners. This has happened. This has happened. It's happening. I know CBC Sue, and, and uh, he's a phenomenal guy yeah. all the way around. Um, I remember when he was here at, at our, our pastors. Um, he stayed with our pastors here, and we would get into all kinds uh, I would say arguments, but not heated arguments. They were mm. fun, friendful, you know, sure. debate kind of arguments. So it was really cool. But in, I'll say it this way. It's not like it's like I'm saying it, mm-hmm. but just to make a point. So in racist, apartheid, exactly. divisive, bloody war, violent South Africa, where the whites are trying to keep the blacks down completely and separated and everything. Mm-hmm. Here's a young man that's doing exceptionally well. And now he's over 11 hospitals. hospitals. And he's doing a phenomenal job. Yeah. Do you yeah. see what I mean, ladies and gentlemen, how we've got to stop believing the narrative that's being force-fed on us, mm-hmm. even coming out of South Africa? Exactly. Anyways, I'm sorry. I cut you off, but I wanted yeah, to make that welcome. point because I'm yeah. so frustrated with sure. what we see, even yeah. in the church. But go ahead. Yeah. And, and, and even in sport, I mean, we, in, in the early days, it was forced upon people that whatever sport you have, you have to have a quota player, meaning right. there's got to be a certain amount of white people and there has to be a certain amount of black people right. and colored whatever else to fit the quota. Yeah. And again, that is for us a tension of racism. Yeah. Not because we're opposed to it. If you look at our current rugby squad, we are contending for the World Cup, and I'm cheering for them. We are actually reigning champions, and oh, if excellent. we can have it, we would go down in history as one of the few teams that actually are back-to-back world champions. Wow. And, I mean, our, our national captain is a, is a black guy. Right. And you know what? He's doing a phenomenal job. Yeah. He's not just a quota player. He is actually an a, a awesome leader, and yeah. he's doing a great job. The, the problem that we saw, and, and forgive me for, for leaning into that, they would put 
people into position of power because of their skin color yeah. and they would fail because they are not the correct person and that was fuel to the fire for racism yeah. because again i'm not opposed to just get the job done and exactly. do it right. right and and there would be no racism right well, we went through the same thing here. I, I, I think I shared with you many, many, many years ago. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, many years ago, I went out for uh, LAPD, Los Angeles Police Department. Ah, at that time, I made it all the way up to the oral interview part, which was about almost all the way through the process before you go into sure. the academy. And even after the oral interview, two sergeants sat back and told me that I had all the points I possibly could get. Um, uh, and I said, well, how can I get more points? Because, mm -hmm. you know, they said, well, you're an excellent candidate. You have all the points you could possibly get. Well, how do I get more points? Well, if you had military experience, which I didn't. Sure. Um, okay, what else? And they said, they literally told me, y you would get more points if you were, if you were uh, black or Hispanic or a woman. Wow. And I said, well, I can't change any of that. So I guess I'm just going to have to be happy with the points I got. So they wrote some things down in their, their folders, folded it, pushed it aside, said, you're not getting the job. I said, I thought you just said I was an excellent candidate and had all the points that I possibly can get. He said, yeah, but you're a white male. Wow. I mean, literally told me that. You're a white male. You're not getting the job. So what you're telling me is that in the freedom capital of the world, you were held back because you were white. Because of the color of my skin. That's, I mean, yeah, because of racism, I was held back in the land of the free. Wow. So honestly, what they did and how they were doing and their policies were completely unconstitutional and go against mm -hmm. the very fabric and fiber of this nation. Mm -hmm. I know people say, well, what about racism? Mm -hmm. Same thing. I mean, you know, racism or I'm sorry, slavery and all that. It, it, what I experienced, ladies and gentlemen, wasn't on the same level as slavery. Please sure. don't misunderstand me. But it, it's the same spirit behind it. Exactly. It was that same spirit that, okay, now it just shifted from people with darker skin that we're going to control to now people of lighter skin we're going to control. Sure. And it wasn't about trying to even the playing field because mm -hmm. that's, that's, you, don't, you can't level the playing field by holding one group back and, and pushing another one forward, mm -hmm. like, you just, like you were saying, without earning those things. Exactly. Because... You know. and, and, you know, that comes back to the, the, the coin that we like to use called time. Because in anything, it is you require time. And, and I like the scripture where Jesus said, make a tree good and it will be good. Make a tree bad or bad. But right. how do you judge that? You give that tree time. Yeah. And, you know, again, leaning a little bit into our South African culture that we have now, our present government has done great things. They have. Mm -hmm. I have to acknowledge that. They have brought a lot of change and a lot of freedom in their own right. But having them 30 years in power and having the previous government also 30 years in power and we have to weigh structurally where we're at, right. we are worse off economically than we've ever been. There is a lot of, to give you an, uh, just a clear idea, and I'm a little bit off with the numbers and there might be some people that might just update us at soon some point, but in our first 30 years, I think we built like almost 20 power stations. Right. right, in, right. And, and South Africa is big, but it's a, it's, it's, it's a small nation in compared to United States. Right, yeah. So that same time frame, they've only built like four. Hmm. And at the moment, we are struggling with power in our nation. And at times, it's so bad that we will have 12 hours a day without power because the power grid 
cannot sustain yeah. the energy demand. Right. So mm. it's and, and, and again, you know, it's not something new. They've been telling our present government and the present company for the past almost 12 years saying, listen, there's too much demand. Some of these things are getting old. We're going to have to renew them. Right. And it's it's a cultural thing. And this is where it gets difficult. It's a cultural thing because why fix it if it's not broken? Right. So we there is an aspect of maintenance that is required. So back to your story about, uh, in a sense, reverse racism. For the first 20 years of my adult life as a South African citizen, we suffered reverse racism. Yeah, same thing. There, so. there is a, 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 a thing, a legal document from government that is called Black Economic Forum, so BE. That means that you have to be black or score on a black scale to get any form of contract right. from the government. And again, you know, forgive me for saying it, but coming out of a previous regime where a system worked one way and 70% of the country is was operated by white people and they know how to do it, now all of a sudden those right. same 70 people have to still do the work, but now they have to have a black face in front of them. Yeah. And it just opened up a world of corruption. So right. the corruption is so, so bad that they, they are starting to arrest like senators in, in, mm. in, in translation now, like provincial governors are being arrested now wow. for lot, not, not small scale, large scale corruption wow. um, because of the bribery system. Because yeah. if I want to, if I want to, as a white man, get a contract, I need to bribe somebody. Yeah. You are not going to get it just face off. Right. See, ladies and gentlemen, this is where that type of thing heads and goes. Because I, I remember, uh, again, one of my early trips, mm-hmm. being in some conversation with um, some pastors. Sure. And, and these happen to all be uh, black pastors, mm-hmm. African black pastors there. And um, they were saying how, you know, same thing, the corruption and how uh, the, the, what do they call them, brownouts or blackouts, the rolling blackouts, you sure. know. And, and I just asked, well, what's the, big, what's the problem? How come these things aren't being dealt with, being taken care of? And now, now, mind you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm saying this because a black African pastor in South Africa told me this. I'm conveying his message. He says one of the problems is you, you took a whole group of people that didn't have uh, didn't know how to lead because they weren't in leadership positions for sure. so long, sure. And then the whole thing reverses. Mm-hmm. Now the people who never knew leadership exactly. are now in leadership, exactly. And they didn't know what how to do it. Exactly. They just simply didn't know how to do it. Exactly. So they fought for something they didn't even know what to do. Sure. And once they got it. And it has nothing to do, ladies and gentlemen, please, you have to understand this. It has nothing to do with skin color. Mm-hmm. You, can, you, can pull, you can paint those people any color you want. It's just if you've lived, say, 30, 40, 50 years exactly. in a position sure. where you are being told what to do, mm-hmm. and then now suddenly you're at the top. You could do that on any, in any level. Exactly. In a, in, in a singular business. You yeah. could do this in a country, in a nation, in a city. Now all of a sudden, the guy who was just moseying around doing his thing, mm-hmm. doing just enough to get by or whatever, now suddenly he's leading it. Exactly. He doesn't understand leadership on that level. Exactly. Has nothing to do with color of skin. It just sure. happens to do with where he was in that place of society and culture. Exactly. 
So um, when there's that shift, it was no surprise sure. that if people that didn't really know how to lead couldn't lead. Sure. So, so I think what is important to take from this message this morning and, and kind of like transition a little bit to another thought that, that I want to bring into this mm -hmm. racism, the cure for, for us, and, and I'm speaking South Africa, the cure for racism in the whole is success. Yeah. And uh, again, I mean, I've got testimonies left on the left side and the right side of, of that, that kind of like ladder of being white and black is that regardless of the stance of a political party or a system, that if you can rise up and become successful, you can override that right. racism card that they want to play. Yeah. And, 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 and I find it a little frustrating when I come to the United States because, again, I'm, I'm now an outsider looking to your beautiful nation, and you've got a phenomenal nation. I yeah. just have to say that. But people that play the racism card is like you have, you have, in a sense, lost your own desire to go and achieve something. Right. And when you are dependent on a governmental institution to supply your need, you are setting yourself up for failure. Yep. And one thing it has taught us, both black and white in our own nation, is that you're going to have to become resourceful, you're going to have to become crafty in, in your resolve, that you want to succeed. And no pun intended, but it's got nothing to do with the color now, but we say cream always rises to the top. Right. So it doesn't matter how things look shaken and stirred up, if you are persistent and you're willing to endure the time required, you will get to the top. So at this moment, we have multimillionaires, both black and white. Yeah. We have businessmen, both black and white. Yeah. And, and we can go down the rabbit trail of how evil some of these things are. But we can also go to the other side and say how good things are that in spite of racism, in spite of all these challenges, you can come become successful and you can overcome um, I'm, I'm, I'm in, in my own eyes, I'm, I'm fairly successful at what we do. Mm -hmm. I think there's always room for growth. But here I have a cultural church with different cultures, and it's not as easy as it sounds. Right. But yet we are united. We're united by a common faith. We're united by a, a common resolve. We're united by a, 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 a common uh, mission statement. Yeah. And so we are in a place where we can put our differences aside and say, hey, we have the same goal and we want to make Jesus known to all. Yeah. And whether it is at a barbecue and again, culturally people sit together, it, it's, it's, we have to understand that that is okay. I think that right. is probably a hard thing to, to come to realization is it is okay. You don't, I don't have to be friends with everybody. I can be friends with who I want to yeah. be. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to force it down on me, that is when it becomes a racial issue. It's interesting that most people will understand this in other ways, but they can't seem to wrap their brains around it in the sense of just simple culture or color of skin. What I mean... If you, had, if you randomly chose, say, a thousand people off the street, sure, doesn't matter the color of skin, doesn't matter, just pick them, come over here in this room. Now, I want all the baseball fans to find the other baseball fans. And, sure. the, and, the, and you don't even have to say that. Exactly. Just engage in conversation. Before long, you would find 
people breaking off into smaller groups based upon interests. And it may be, you know, I'll use sports just to, you know, the baseball exactly. fans will be in one corner yes. all talking baseball. Sure. Football fans will be over in another corner talking football. Soccer mm -hmm. fans, well, you call soccer football, but sure. you, you, ladies and gentlemen, that's the one thing about South Africa we have to correct. Um, <laughs> football is American football and Ooh. soccer is soccer. Mm-hmm. I know we can get into a big old we, yeah, argument that, right that here. That is big, yeah, yeah. And, and then we can say, but but American football is is, is not is not rugby. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I have to I have to give that to you. Those rugby players are uh, not that man. our football players aren't tough, but the, the rugby players. Yeah, that's brutal, man. If you if you've never watched, ladies and gentlemen, if you've never watched a rugby match, watch a rugby match. These guys don't have much uh, padding or anything. No, no helmets, nothing like that. Nothing. And it's brutal. That's brutal, yeah. Oh, I mean, I've, I've seen those guys come out bloody, and then mm -hmm. they just run back out and do it again. Exactly. You know, anyways, but um, but if you put a thousand random people in a room, they're going to end up uh, uh, not dividing like a negative thing, no. just finding people that they can connect with around sure. something. Again, if it's football, if it's baseball, if it's soccer, if it's boxing, whatever it is, sure, they will find those people that they connect with. Yeah. And what's interesting about our world today is depending on the situation, yep. it has so little to do with the actual color of skin. Mm -hmm. That might be an initial thing, but but again, if you let's say you have a, a, a bunch of black people that tend to like baseball, sure, and the the white baseball lovers are going to mix with them. They will mix and they will mingle and yeah. they will be happy. Yeah. We, as a matter of fact, last um, just this last Sunday, we went out to lunch with a couple. After after service, we went to a local uh, uh, restaurant, and they have a, a bar area. And of course, they have the, all the TVs. Football was on; uh, it's football season here. So, and the Rams were playing. And there was this group; they were yelling and screaming and cheering and and whooping it up. Yep. As you know, depending on whatever play was mm -hmm. happening on for their team, and they're all sure. they they had the all the Rams. Thing. Sure. And what was so interesting is. Um, Oh, and, and they happen to be Hispanic. Yeah. Okay, so I only say that to say this. The couple that we were out to lunch with happened to be black. Sure. My wife and I, of course, you know, well, she's half Mexican, I'm white. And then the other couple we were with are Hispanic. Mm -hmm. We found ourselves cheering. And I don't really watch football that sure. much. I love the sport. I just mm -hmm. don't have time to really watch it. But we found ourselves cheering mm -hmm. with this group of Hispanics who were cheering for their team. Exactly. We're cheering with them. So the black couple across the table from me is cheering. The white guy, me, mm -hmm. is cheering. The Hispanic couple over here is cheering. Mm -hmm. Along with the Hispanic, it looked like a family or friends, you know, cheering. Mm -hmm. And it had absolutely nothing to do. Yeah. Our camaraderie in that moment, our exactly. togetherness, our connectedness yes. had sure. nothing to do with color of skin. And, and, and I so appreciate that because when it comes down to sport, there's very little politics supposedly yeah. involved. And, At least on that level. And on that level. And, and, and if you do watch the film Invictus that Matt Damon plays in, it's the story about South Africa and then the Springboks that won the World Cup. I didn't see it, but I, I heard of it, yeah. Yeah. You have to watch it because it will give you a little bit of insight into the dynamic of our nation and the realization that it is that very fact that sport and then that fact of, call it then the Springbok rugby team, had the ability to bring a diverse group of people to unify and rally as one nation 
behind one another, whether you're black, whether you're white, we've got one goal, we want to win the World Cup. And this brings me to another thing. Uh, 2010, we had the Soccer World Cup in our nation. And it was probably one of our most beautiful, prosperous times in our nation. There was little to zero racism in the street. If mm. you met somebody, everybody was happy. Right. Everybody was painting their houses. Everybody was building a guest house. Uh, we were building railways. We, 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 we actually restarted the, the industrial age a little bit in our nation that we used to be because we were having all these hundreds of thousands of people from around the world coming to watch the Soccer World Cup. Yeah. And, and that is for me the, 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 the key in, in our beautiful nation, that if we can rally behind a game, a little old rubber ball you, you blow up and you kick around right. with 11 people on a side, and then that can unify us. And you've got this little oval ball with 15 on a side, you're scrumming one another, but it can <laughs> unify us. If something as simple as that can unify us, imagine if we purposefully say we're going to come united right. and in a sense get the politics out of it because it's, it's all the political genre mm -hmm. that, that imposes it upon us. Now, there's a guy, Kent Hovind, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him. He, he has a way of saying, what does poly mean? <coughs> poly means many. And what he sticks, yeah. he says, those little blood-sucking insects. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and wherever I go, it tends to be true. There are many, many, many things many wants to size the yeah. life out of you. But if they can just stand out of our way, leave us be, we will be more united mm -hmm. than ever before. Absolutely. It's funny you say that because, you know, I, ladies and gentlemen, just so in case you know, I am not a conspiracy theorist. The reason is, is because all my supposed conspiracies come true. Hey. <laughs> so I'm a truth conspiracist or theorist, whatever. Uh, um, but I, I, I totally agree with you. To me, I'm not going to say 100% of racism because that's really a heart issue. Sure. But what's behind that, mm -hmm. that uh, what's the message, what's the drive? Sure. And what I see at least here in America, clearly, mm -hmm. it, it's hard to miss it here, sure. is that it's political. Yeah. Most of the racism that we deal with, exactly. or that push, that division, is political. And, sure. and I'm just going to be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen. It really began, at least in my lifetime, when I started seeing it, mm -hmm. with Bill Clinton. Sure. But it went to a whole new level under mm -hmm. Obama. Yeah. Obama took it to a whole new level. I mean, a radical level. Mm -hmm. He... Let's face it, ladies and gentlemen, Obama wasn't put in office, voted into office because of any of his qualifications. It was no. for the color of his skin. Exactly. Which automatically, by virtue of that, opened the door for racism. Exactly. Because that is racism. Mm -hmm. Voting for somebody just because of the color of their skin, mm -hmm. that's racism in itself. If and I'm then, a, then the a, things that he brought in sure. opened it up even worse that we're still dealing with today. Exactly. I mean, we, we're on the other side of the <clears> planet and... We were observing that whole transition. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we were cheering with you guys. I mean, we were happy and I like the slogan, let's make history. Yeah. And I enjoyed it so much. I mean, we were pro the change of that. But again, you know, going back to what I said in the beginning, when we view something as racist, as far as functionality, mm -hmm. then, then it moves away from the point of being racist. Yeah. We, we simply, if I put a dollar in, I want to get a dollar of value out. Right. And... <clears throat> As much as I, I liked him, and, and I must be honest with you, I think he's got a very good, uh, skilled 
body language and tone oh, yeah. and, and he's got a way to mesmerize a crowd i mean he's a good cheerleader mm -hmm. but the fruit that came out of it i mean like with us in, in in africa specifically africa obama opened the door for a flood of of homosexuality yeah and again you know it's it's i don't know how we're going to get over this but he basically put a, a knife to our throats and said, listen, if you do not accept homosexuality as part of a human right, yeah. we're going to cut your funding. And some of these nations are getting like hundreds of millions of dollars. Right, right, right. So they all just bow down to this little mm -hmm. million dollar god called uh, Mammon, uh, right. US dollar, and said, well, just, just bring it in. And the few nations that didn't accept <clears throat> homosexuality, right. they are still prospering. And they're still doing well. Right. So, uh, so from from an Africa point of view, looking at a black man that came to reign and rule the greatest nation in the world, we cheered him in the beginning. We did. Right. We loved him. And, but the fruit thereof right. is like you have caused damage to our continent. You are bringing bringing damage to our children. Yep. You are the gateway <laughs> of things that in the name of making history you are making history but the wrong topic the right wrong yeah exactly and, and and that's the thing so when after you know, i didn't vote for him either time i i, I disagreed with him policy wise mm -hmm. i could care less about the color of his skin sure but i remember the first time when it, when they announced okay obama's our new president mm -hmm. i i i I took a deep sigh and I said, well, at least we can get past this racism nonsense. Yeah, finally. Now we've got a black guy, let's got get over guy. it. And instead, yeah. it got worse because it was brought to the forefront by Obama, both Barack and Michelle Obama, especially Michelle. Mm -hmm. It was brought to the forefront. Every time they gave a speech, it was about how they're, here's the president of the United States saying he's oppressed because he's wow. black. Here's the first lady of the United States wow. saying she's oppressed because she's black. Well, how can you be oppressed and the president in the most exactly. prosperous nation on the planet at the time? Exactly. It doesn't, it, it cancels it out. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. But so many people bought into it then and buy into it now. Mm -hmm. So I say it's all political. Exactly. They, they needed or wanted, they had their agendas, their ideas, everything. They exactly. needed the, the nation weakened by division. Exactly. So create this anger and this hatred between the races, sure. between the socioeconomic classes. Exactly. And we're still dealing with that today. Like, like we said in the beginning, divide and conquer. Yeah. Uh, the whole racism agenda is to divide people, to, to make these small little right. groups that we cannot stand together right. and fight the real giant. Exactly. Which is this, uh, and, and if I, dare say maybe deep state or whatever yeah. you want to call it, but whatever this force is behind scenes right. that are pulling the strings of a global society. Yeah. If, if we look back at the whole COVID thing, I mean, if you don't think there's a global uh, government <laughs> by now, you, right. you better wake up. I yeah. mean, the whole world was controlled. And if you look at the whole world media, and there's some of these guys that, that did a fantastic job that they would take news outlet snippets and they would spice them together. Mm -hmm. And they were saying word for word. Oh, yeah. Together exactly the exactly. same. Like they're all scripted. All scripted. And then what they did, they took the nation's presidents, including our own South African president, 
and the other presidents of different nations and they scripted them together and they were saying word for word, word, for word letter for letter the exact yeah. same thing now if that doesn't make you hey stand up then yeah so somebody was sitting back writing a basic basically the same speech and and shifting it out and demanding you all have to start saying to a, these to, to plus minus hundred right. nations saying yeah, exactly yeah. the same thing same thing with the media i, I remember that the media yeah. outlet exact same thing you exactly. could flip from channel two to channel four to channel five to channel seven to channel mm -hmm. 13 and they're all saying mm -hmm. virtually word for word yeah the exact same thing yeah. and and why because ladies and gentlemen there's this thing that psychologists psychiatrists and people of that nature know you you need to hear the same thing eight to twelve times to get 75 percent of the information in it. that's wow. why that just hearing it one time isn't enough so that's why they in propaganda the nazis exactly. did the exact ladies and gentlemen the nazis did the mm -hmm. exact same thing mm -hmm. And what we're seeing right now with Hamas and in the Middle East, sure. they keep saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. Blaming Israel using specific language over and over and over and what's happening. Many in the nations are mm -hmm. falling for the propaganda just because the lie is being repeated. Mm -hmm. And the Nazis knew this. Repeat the lie long enough and exactly. it becomes the truth. Uh, and so... And, and, and bringing it back to the topic of today, racism. As long as the media is feeding yeah. that Kool-Aid called racism, people are going to buy into it. Right. But we who are on street level, we're tired of it. Right. Uh, I want to get along with my neighbor. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I mean, I love my neighbor, uh, but that doesn't mean I have to embrace everything of his culture. Exactly. I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to eat maybe food with my hands. Maybe I want to eat food with a fork. Exactly. Uh, and because you eat with your hand and I eat with a fork, that doesn't make one superior to the other. It's right. just we're just different. Just different, right. Why can't we not just be different? Right. Uh, I'll never forget. I was in actually uh, South Africa one time, and we were invited to a, a pastor's house for, for uh, lunch. Yep. And uh, they were Indian. Mm -hmm. uh, and when they served the food, there was no forks or knives on the table. Yeah, so I'm nothing. just sitting there looking at my plate, waiting for a, a fork to come. Exactly. And I look up and, and all the Indian people in the room are just eating away, uh, eating away with their fingers and licking their hands. And, mm -hmm. you know, because and ladies and gentlemen, I only say this because of my culture. Sure. Uh, uh, has, not that it's better or worse. Mm -hmm. It's just different. I'm sitting there going, that is so disgusting. Mm -hmm. That's gross. I can't do that. Mm -hmm. But I was in their home, and I've always taught myself to, to um, learn other cultures to, to the point that if it's something sinful or just sure. wrong, I'm not going to do it. But, and so I said, well, when in Rome, so I just grabbed some food, stuffed it in my face with my fingers, it's dripping down my arms. And then after they looked at me, then I guess I was doing it wrong. Sure. Oh, would you like a fork? <laughs> and I'm like, I already got all this stuff yeah, dripped the curry and everything. Like, I don't need it. I'm good, you know. Exactly. And, and again, you know, we 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 we're a little bit of a British culture, so we are groomed to. When you sit at the table, you're yeah. not allowed to make too many noises. Your mouth, when you chew it, mustn't be too many noises. Right. And chew with your mouth. Closed. Chew with your mouth closed, and we call it wings. You're not allowed. To, your arms right. are not allowed to go. You should you should like stiff and proper. Yeah. And, uh, and, and again, you eat everything in your plate. Yeah. So we would get to places and as soon as the plate is finished, they would just slam a whole right. pile of food in front of you. It and was you, like that when we were in China. And you, you eat <laughs> until the plate is empty and it's like you can't anymore. And as soon as the plate is empty, they slam some more on and, and I'm starting to feel guilty right. because I'm, 
we, we're not supposed to waste food. Right. And their culture is, as soon as the plate is finished, they want more food. Yeah. So we, they were piling more on and we're trying to be polite. And eventually we just realized, just give it up and leave the plate full. Yeah. You know, so. And then they stopped putting more. Yeah, that was, that was a cultural thing for me too, because exactly. same thing, eat everything on your plate. Yeah. See, when I was a kid, I don't know, I still don't understand the whole logic behind it. Eat everything on your plate because they're starving children in Africa. Wow. That's what we were told. Wow. And now I have no idea what me finishing a plate of food would, could would, do would help, for them. Help but, in Africa. You know, and I remember getting smacked across the face wow. when I was a kid because I told my mom, well, put it in a box and send it to him. You see, that is now the exact thing. If, if I was sensitive, mm -hmm. I would have told you that is racist. Yeah. Because, because now what has that, what has your food to do with me in Africa? Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it, it kind of is in that sense. Yeah. But, um, you know, I don't think they meant it that way, but nonetheless, it's, it has not. Exactly. And you see, and that is like the nerve. Let us, let us hit that nerve of why somebody gets offensive and now they want to blame on racism. Right. Just grow up, man. Yeah. Just grow up. That's the thing. And, and you said something earlier that sparked me. This is something that I've often thought. Sure. Okay, so let's, let's just break it down like this. So racism, yes, it still exists. I don't believe it exists on the level that many people are trying to tell us it exists, yep. you know, but it does exist. Mm -hmm. Okay, with that said, let's assume for just a minute that the United States is, is as racist or even more racist, but as racist as many want to make it. Mm -hmm. That if you're a, a, a black person or a person with darker skin color, you just, you got like 20 points off the scale because you just, you can't make it. You just... Unless somebody helps you, you're not going to make it because that's what many are the type of thing. They may not say it just that way, but that's basically it. I look at whether it be Clarence Thomas in our Supreme Court, the sure. highest court in the land. Sure. He is you know, Barack Obama. Like I said, I disagreed with him, but he became president of exactly. these United States. Exactly. You know, um, I look at uh, uh, people like uh, Ben Carson. Yep. He, he ran yeah. for president, he ran yeah, for yeah. office, but he's a phenomenal, fantastic, mm. brilliant surgeon. Yeah. Brilliant. And, and so, I mean, we can go out. I, even people more on the political commentary and sure. like uh, Candace Owen and, sure. and such. Like, we can go through the litany of them. And I mean, we can go a little bit back to you, like your military. Uh, I can't remember his name now, but his last name is Powell. Powell, Colin, yeah. Colin, Colin Powell. Powell yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was brilliant at no. what he did as far as the military yeah, yeah. at the show. Condoleezza Rice. Yeah. Uh, we can go through a litany of, of people that are on the darker skin color sure. that did exceptionally well in the United States. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because, number one, just because they're the proof mm -hmm. that it's possible. I'll never forget the interview that Morgan Freeman did with uh, some CNN host, a black exactly. CNN host, where, you know, he, he, the CNN host, of course, it's CNN, Clinton mm -hmm. News Network, mm -hmm. um, said, uh, what about racists and everything? And do you think that racism has any bearing? I'm, I'm, I'm saying it, ladies and gentlemen, not quote perfectly, but the gist. He mm -hmm. says, does racism basically keep black people back? Sure. And, and Morgan Freeman, no. Mm -hmm. and, and the guy kind of like, what do you mean no? How, uh, what? Kind of like, how dare you say no? Yeah, because Morgan Freeman wouldn't go by the script that was expected. Uh -huh. And it shocked the other, the CNN host. And he says, what do you mean it doesn't? He mm -hmm. says, you and I are proof of this. Exactly. And you see, that comes back to my point that I said about how do we overcome racism by success. Success. And that's so, exactly what Morgan Freeman was basically saying. Yeah. We are proof because we're both successful. Sure. We're both black. 
the the interviewer was younger mm-hmm. morgan freeman a little bit on the older side now yeah i really like him i wish I do. you know but um and, and and i remember he was even being interviewed by somebody else who happened to be jewish mm-hmm. jewish background and he said well how do we end at racism he asked morgan freeman he mm-hmm. says well let's stop talking about it exactly he says what do you mean we stop talking about it and he says uh when we discuss it it keeps it alive sure when we just go about our business, mm-hmm. take care of our own, become successful sure. and all that, it goes away. Exactly. And, and even ask something, he says, what about, uh, you know, like um, uh, Black Heritage Month? Yes. I don't want it. No. He says, and he says, well, why? Well, do you want White Heritage Month? That's when he came out. Well, I'm Jewish. Do you, okay. Do you want Jewish Heritage Month? Why can't we just have American Heritage Month? Exactly. Because the reality, and I agree with him mm-hmm. completely. Sure. Because the black experience, if you will, mm-hmm. contribution to America sure. is clear in this nation. Yeah. It's part of our American heritage. Exactly. Uh, and so America, let's just call it American Heritage Month mm-hmm. or American history or American ex- exceptionalism, whatever you want to call it. Exactly. Has such a, I want, I'm not even going to call it a thread. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a powerful rope, if you will, sure. woven through there. Mm-hmm of what the uh, blacks in America have brought sure. to the table. Exceptionally, and phenomenally. If you, and, and, and if we weave that sports scene to it, I mean, your, your most successful athletes uh, in this nation, look at Serena Williams, Yeah. look at Tiger Woods. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I'm speaking from Africa, Right. Look, seeing these people, um, your football stars, I mean, your NBA stars. There's yeah. so many people of color that are phenomenally successful yeah and and that is the frustrating part that we find in the rest of the world because let's face it america is the export capital of the world Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i mean you've been with me in in places like china and and wherever else japan going down tokyo streets right uh you will find multiple young people wearing la lakers Uh, yeah yeah all over the world all over the world you will find it yeah and which means that whatever you guys produce, the global. rest of the world is going to swallow. <clears throat> yeah. And as long as your, your top superstars are quoting, well, I'm oppressed, I'm going to take yeah. a knee because I'm a slave. Oh, yeah. And, well, if, if you're a slave with a hundred million US dollar contract, then, wow, I'm, I'm, right. yeah, th- th- that's some good slavery happening yeah, right exactly. there. Exactly. I, I want some of that. I want some of that. Yeah. So, uh, in a sense, we need to uh, stop at this side, the mm-hmm. export thereof. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a car guy. I like cars. I like NASCAR. But when they came out with this whole guy there that now he's a man of color and they had, like, the noose hanging in the garage and it was like... What are you guys oh, yeah, about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it doesn't make sense, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and forgive me for saying it, but it's probably the most redneck game you can find is NASCAR. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they don't care about you being white or black. They care about you winning. Exactly. Don't take somebody that ends up in number four and number five and say, oh, he's the world right. champion. That just ticks everybody off. Yeah. You know, if he wins yeah. legitimately. I mean, look at Lewis Hamilton. Mm. I mean, that dude is phenomenal. Yeah. You know, he's black. Nobody is throwing a racist thing at him. Right. He right. never has to go around and walk around and say, "Hey, you know, I'm black. I'm, 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 I'm I, I need, I need the number one spot because I'm black." Right. That's just fuel to the fire. Why people are resistant to other people of color. Right. It, and that was amazing because I had to laugh at it. 
and I, I, not that it was like a big laughing joke. It was just, there's some things that are so absurd in our world that if you don't laugh, you'll cry. <laughs> so when I heard that, I just said, oh, okay, you know, and, and I went and I actually looked for the photographs online of this supposed noose. Yep. And the moment I saw it, I knew this was bogus, and this guy was just, basically he was just a whiny little bratty kid sure. and was using this. Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, on those types of garages, they have roll-up doors. They do. That you have to manually pull a string or a handle. Exactly. That was the string that you grab to pull that door down, and often there's a knot or something in the end of it so your hand doesn't slip off as you're closing the door. Exactly. As soon as I saw it, I said, that's not a noose. That's just the knot in the end of it that you pull the rope down to close your garage door when you're done working on your race car. Exactly. And, um, and, but then I thought, even if that was a noose, mm-hmm. I mean, not that I would agree with it on any level. Sure. You know, uh, but even if that was a noose, what he should, his attitude should have been yeah. is get out there and kick butt and win that next race to exactly. prove to all of those hate, hateful people that he's better than them. And that's where we come back to the term success. Yeah. And, and, I, and I tell this people in my church, I, I had a great, I think we were talking about a little bit, a great compliment that I didn't even realize was happening. I didn't take, because I don't go around monitoring this. Sure. A young lady that came from another church. You already know this, but I'm telling this for everybody. Young lady that came to our church from another church. And um, she just said this recently. She's been with us year, year and a half. Not mm-hmm. very long, but long enough to get to, to really get locked in and know her and everything. So she was telling us this the other day. She goes, you know, my, my old church, um, most all the single mothers especially, but a lot of people were on welfare. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're just on welfare. I come to our church now, and she's a single mom, and she's starting to make friends with, you know, and get connected with and make friends with the single moms here. She goes, sure. none of them are on welfare. Mm-hmm. She says, because it seems like everybody here wants to strive to become better, do better, be better, and not need government assistance. I get you. And so for me, that was a great compliment. That tells me, okay, there's something going on in the house that God's doing that really is telling you know it's impressing on them that you're better than this exactly and before i go on ladies and gentlemen if if any of you are on any kind of social program uh social you know or welfare thing like that i'm not telling you're a bad person not at all no not at all i will tell you this though you're better than that exactly you have far more than you realize to be able to not just get off welfare but excel in every area it's just you there's two things number one you need you need to be convinced of it so let me help you you can do it yeah. number two you need to be well you need to be convinced of it even in your own heart of hearts and then you need to take the proper steps exactly. if that means education go out and, and further education if that means simply go get a job then go get a job um, but make yourself more marketable because you have the tools you have the uh, the brilliance to be able to do it and this young lady is proof of that. And the young ladies of our church, like I said, I don't go around doing this, but she just brought this to my attention. And that's one of the things that we make sure people know around here. And I'll tell them that. I, 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 I t- don't tell me how much money you make. I said, but I want you to get that image in your mouth. How much money you make every year? You're worth double. Mm, Immediately. Good. I'll tell you, you're worth double. That's good. Now go make it happen. That's good. And then when you hit that, you're worth double again. Go make that happen. Yeah, that's good. And, 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 well, we don't know how. We'll figure it out. Exactly. If that means getting a different job, go get a different job. Getting educated so you can get a better job, mm-hmm. go do that. If that means simply investing, mm-hmm. then invest. Do something to make yourself more marketable. And, 
And the reason I'm saying that when we're talking about racism. And, and, and I have to jump in there, forgive me. But that's, that's the type of things we need to export from America. Don't, yeah. ex don't export, you know, I'm a racist pansy and, and I need help to, to succeed and to win. Right. That's cheating. Yeah. Uh, it's cowardice it's to cowardice. me. Yeah. Send out the message, listen, you can better yourself. Look at us. We can double in a year. We can grow. We can this. Look, say, export that. Export yeah. the, the recipe for success. Right. Because built into everybody is a desire to succeed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and the United States is proof of this for every race, every culture, everybody that's here exactly. has that ability exactly. to do that. Because we see it across the board. Exactly. And, and we see it with white people, we see it with black mm -hmm. people, we see it with Hispanics, we see it mm -hmm. with, with, uh, with people from Europe that come over here, Russia and such. We see it from Asia, the Japanese, the uh, uh, Chinese. The Chinese come over here and excel. They do. You know, when they get locked in. And we see that from every culture that, mm. well, let me put it this way. Not every person, but every culture. Yeah. Especially the ones that just say, we don't want a handout. We just want the ability to exercise the American dream. Sure. And we will do the rest. Get out of my way and let me tap into the American dream, mm -hmm. the land of opportunity, and they excel. I, I want to lean a little bit there on, the th on another thought as you were saying it, because you sparked a, a scripture that came to mind that mm -hmm. before the throne, there's every tribe, every nation, yeah. every language, every skin color. Yeah. They're all before the throne. Right. So at the end of the day, before God, there's nobody superior. Right. There's no race superior to another race. But if we can all come to a place to understand that we're all made unique, yep. we're all made different, but we are all made in the image and the likeness of God. Right. I think that would be a fundamental breakthrough to understand that I can get along with my brother yeah. and I don't have to look like him. I don't have to agree with him. But we are serving the same God. Right. As far as this great nation of the United States, there you have the ability to, as on earth, or as in heaven, so on earth. Right. You have the ability to create something that can look like the book of Revelation. Right. Every tribe, every nation, every tongue can bow down and worship right. before the living God. And I believe that as a, as a sovereign nation that you are, that is another export that you have, it is your ability, it is your means, and you are set apart to change nations. Again, a little negative, but you know, you've, the CIA has toppled more than 70 nations. Right. Uh, it's a historic fact. But in the same way, how many nations can we turn to God if we take that same emphasis, that same mm -hmm. energy, that same US dollar, whatever you want to call it, and apply it and right. say, let us get all these differences together, understanding we're different, but let us worship one God. Right, exactly. And, and even in our own unique expression, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure you've heard me talk along these lines about different cultures. In every culture, sure. regardless of where that culture originated, where it comes from, uh, every culture, there's really some great things in every culture. Absolutely. Like we were talking about the Hispanic culture, uh, I believe it was yesterday, how big on family yeah. big on togetherness yep, absolutely and, that, and yeah and that's spectacular it's awesome um but in every culture mm -hmm. there's negatives true 
that unfortunately many in the culture just kind of get used to and they don't even think about it too much just part of the culture is who they are sure. so it's easier to see those things when you're outside of the culture looking in but mm-hmm. then you're automatically the racist if you bring it up exactly it's the weirdest thing and ladies and gentlemen before anybody says anything about this i of am of this it's more than opinion this fact um even with the white culture so I'm not getting, trying to get myself off the hook like, oh, the white culture is just mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. The culture I come from is no, perfect. No, 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 no. We've got some issues, ladies we and gentlemen. We have issues. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we're speaking about Africa. Mm-hmm. I mean, Africa is known for some of the voodoo and witchcraft. Yeah. But the white people have got some serious witchcraft. Oh, yeah. I mean, we call it Freemasonry. Yeah. And I mean, that, that stuff is stuff. I mean, f- coming from a deliverance platform, I mean, we've had people that took years to get delivered from all those right. curses and things that are embedded within the white skin. Right. So, so, and I'm glad you said that because it's so true. So when I talk about uh, cultures in that sense, I am not trying to bash one culture over the other. No. Because you're right. You might have, say, in some, um, uh, uh, you know, darker skinned cultures the voodoo and you know some hispanic cultures the the uh, santa muerta i think that's what they call it and the santeria the santa sure. muerta the saint death all that nonsense mm-hmm. uh and and clearly if you understand this stuff you look at it go that's pure witchcraft yeah but then you look at freemasonry yeah and those secret society things that are cl- uh, maybe not only but really embedded in the white culture massively and that's, it, it's the same witchcraft, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. just with a different face on it. I mean, the, I, I had one guy that was in Freemasonry for years, and he said he called Satanism in a suit. Yeah, exactly. And that's basically what it is. Yeah. So it may not be happening, say, in the deep, dark jungle of the Amazon or, or the Congo, mm-hmm. uh, where we could just, you know, us sophisticated people in the sure. West go look at that and go look at those barbarians, look at those pagans, look at those... You know, and we look down on them sure. when the exact same thing is happening just with people in a suit, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. in the in the dark rooms of some uh, building or some campus or something some somewhere here. Basement somewhere, right. yeah. It's the same witchcraft. It's yeah. the same devil. It's the same yeah. wickedness. So my point on all that, ladies and gentlemen, is the cultures. We need to be honest about our cultures. Absolutely. Completely honest. Embrace the positives. Have to. And correct and purify the negatives and be honest enough to know the difference and go for it yeah and and that kind of like brings me to that big pet topic that we will speak about the church and the book of revelation and the seven churches yeah if you look at them there was something good and there was something bad exactly and god says deal with the bad and you will overcome and you will have a greater good right and we need to honestly look at ourselves and say listen south africa you have got great things yeah you have some negative things Let's fix it and be that overcoming champion. America, you've got good things. You've got some bad things. Let's fix it and be the leadership capital of the world that you are. Right, right, right. And unless we come to that honest realization, we will always allow our enemy, the devil, to throw in that little world called racism. And it will keep dividing the people. And I believe that that has to end at a dramatic pace because at the end of the day, we are here functioning towards a kingdom, a king's right. domain. Right. And it is, it is not as much as who is the president, but who is Lord of all. 
And God uses these structures. Whether you want to believe it or not, God used these structures. But as a people group, multiple languages, multiple colors, we need to unite behind the one key, and that is Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Amen. One of the most powerful um, uh, paintings, I guess, paintings of Jesus was where he's standing with his arms out wide and his uh, robe is draped down, but his robe is made up of all the flags wow. of the world. Wow. And I've, I've, I've always loved that because he's not, he's not the God of America. No. I mean, he is, but not only. Sure. He's not the God of the white man, which I'm so sick and tired of hearing. Oh, Jesus is the white man's God. It's funny how somebody who was a non-white suddenly became our exclusive God. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and because you're white, you're going to heaven. Yeah. Um, oh, Lord, yeah. have mercy. And, and, and now there's, there's groups, you know, all the white people are going to heaven because they're white. Now there's groups, well, all the black people are going to heaven because they're black. Hmm. And I'm like, how about it doesn't really matter the skin color. Mm -hmm. It matters what, do we embrace Christ? Exactly. Do we embrace his salvation? Exactly. Are, are we making him not just Savior, but Lord and Master of our sure. life? And that goes for everybody everywhere. Yeah. And, and you know, to bring a little deeper to the, the, the threshold of the church, I mean, Paul says that we are a new man, a new creation. Right. We're neither Greek nor Jew. We're neither white or black. We're right. neither male or female. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we are gender specific. <laughs> okay, let me just say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but it's not about being a specific gender or specific color. Right. It is about being a new creation found in Christ. Yeah. And yeah. that is the place where we can find peace, we can hold hands and say, okay, now we can go forward in spite of our differences. Yeah. You know, we are still the glory of God. Amen. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. We have not come to the end of our discussion, but we've just come to the end of this episode. So you're going to have to tune into the next episode because we're going to pretty much pick it up. Maybe won't, we won't talk specifically about racism, but we're going to start right there in the next episode. So tune back in. Uh, Rian, please uh, just give him a brief a brief uh, goodbye, but you're going to be back in just a few minutes. <laughs> My friend, thank you so much for having me on the air today. It's it's. It's a first for me as well, and uh, probably first of many, I believe, but thank you for having me. It is an absolute pleasure, and uh, yeah, let's knock it out and, and get the race one coming. Amen. Bless God bless you. We'll talk to you all very, very soon. Thank you for choosing Table Flippers Podcast. To find our merchandise page, go to gwcclancaster.org. Then find the Table Flippers link, click on it, and it'll take you right there. Until next time, have a fantastic day. Say goodbye, Chippy. Goodbye!